KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. We have heard an awful lot about critical race theory in the news lately. It has become a new flashpoint for debate, but. What exactly is critical race theory? And contrary to what it feels like, it's not a new concept at all. We wanted to learn all about critical race theory and why it's important, so we reached out to Dr. Jennifer Rich, an associate professor of sociology at Rowan University. Very important conversation. Give a listen. So to start, can you just define critical race theory? Sure. Critical race theory is an academic concept that has been around since the late 1970s, early 1980s. It is a series of ideas or tools that originated from thinking about the legal system and policy. So critical race theory, for example, was it is helpful in examining something like the redlining of districts that took place in the 1930s, where banks would draw a line around a majority African-American community and declare it a poor financial risk. And therefore the neighborhood would get fewer resources and not thrive. And so critical race theory really um, has academic theoretical meaning and has for decades at this point. Yeah, and to that point, just to be clear, you know, you mentioned 70s, early 80s. This is not something new. It is being treated and discussed like this is something that came about last summer, and it's not. Exactly. This critical race theory has been taken sort of suddenly or seemingly suddenly out of its real context and moved over into the imaginary idea, I think in most cases, that K-12 teachers are teaching their students about critical race theory. There are, in fairness, ways I just mentioned redlining that critical race theory affects education because of resources that go into a given neighborhood, tax brackets, you know, how much funding public schools get. But it is not a concept that is taught or infused in education. So we're seeing a lot of knee-jerk moves of politicians working to get it banned in K through 12. And it's, you know, school board, a lot of school board elections seem to be being based on, on this, but this is not, if this were banned, if this were banned in every K through 12 school district in America, it really wouldn't change anything because it already wasn't being taught, correct? It wasn't being taught. However, so on one hand, yes, you're exactly right. If we were to ban critical race theory in every K through 12 public school across the United States, not much would change if we were talking about critical race theory as it actually exists. What's happened instead is that critical race theory has come to stand for not only teaching about race, but talking about race. And what's happening in so many of these school board elections or when politicians are talking about it is they're not speaking about the the tools that are used by academics to 
examine systemic racism. Instead, they're talking about what authors should be read in an English class in, in high school or how teachers should be talking about Jim Crow laws. And so the, some terms are getting conflated in the debate about critical race theory. And it's interesting to me, you know, being the father of a teenager and a nine-year-old, there's a lot of times not a better way to make sure a kid learns about something than telling them that they shouldn't learn about it. Is there a boomerang effect to this that a lot of kids who would never have been exposed to this now become incredibly curious, if not outright defiant, and this becomes this becomes something that is discussed on a much wider level than it ever would have been under normal circumstances? Absolutely. Um, I think our kids are probably around the same age. And it's fair to say that I see something similar happening with my own children and, you know, sort of in our community and in schools more generally. As soon as something makes the news, and when we're thinking about younger kids by news, I mean, you know, TikTok and other forms of social media, they are interested and they have these, they develop these generally poorly informed theories about things. And those poorly informed ideas are often really polarized. So you're going to have some kids that read up on critical race theory and why it's controversial and will become sort of really in favor of it being talked about and, and having people exposed, having their, their cohort of, of students exposed to it and others who will see it and decide that it is reverse racism and wrong, you know, air quotes around reverse racism and wrong. And it's, um, you know, meant to make white children feel guilty about being white. And so even in that boomerang effect, I think we're seeing the polarization of opinions. I would think, though, it seems to me, and this is kind of anecdotal and just stuff you read, that this younger generation, this this teenage through 25, is really a generation that is pushing for social and racial justice and the most open about not allowing things to continue to be just because they always have been. So you, you kind of drop this in to, to, to my last question. It could be polarized, but it would seem to me it might go much more in one direction, no? I mostly agree with you. You know, the early research does show us that this generation of young people is growing up to be more open-minded and inclusive than our generation and you know, generations before us. That being said, I think there are pockets of young people, bigger than pockets, who don't feel that way and who take the inclusivity of their peers to be uh, another sign of this, you know, quote unquote, reverse racism that they worry about so much. And while I think that is a minority of young people who feel that way, I think they can often have really loud voices. I think that it's become more polarized. And I think that sometimes the louder voices win, even if there are fewer of them. And 
I think the jury's out on whether or not that's going to be the case with this. Going back to the the actual definition, what does this what does critical race theory when it's utilized how it's been utilized for three or four decades? Uh, why is it important? You know, how does it help inform us? Yeah. So when you think about how it's meant to be used, it is meant to systematically uncover systemic racism. So things like housing, education, funds for education, access to uh, resources. It gives policymakers and lawyers the ability to examine how funds have been distributed and work towards bringing some level of equity to communities, regardless of the primary color of the people who live there. It is an enormously powerful set of tools that are not related to things that happen inside of public schools. I think this is, we have these moments in our discourse where something becomes a inherent polarizing talking point slash argument. And then I don't want to say society gets bored, but we move on. There's the next outrage, faux outrage Mm -hmm. that dominates. Do you think this will be fundamental change? Or do you think if I talk to you in six months, this will be something that we're pretty much back to it being utilized the way it was supposed to be utilized? I don't like to predict the future, but I will anyway, because you asked me to. Um, If I had to guess, I think that this is going to be around as a hot button issue for a while longer. We've seen this. Certainly, this has been an issue for several years. I think after the murder of George Floyd and the racial protests that we saw in its wake, talking about race, how we process it as individuals, as a society, and how we talk about and teach about race in schools has been uh, not only an issue that communities have had to grapple with, but that politicians have taken on and are building platforms on their stand about the teaching of America's racist past in, in schools. And until that dies down, until we move beyond using the teaching of race as a political tool, I think that this is going to be something that we're all talking about. Overall, and you kind of reference this in one of your earlier answers, but I'd like to dig deeper, like uh, the effectiveness of, of what have we learned over the last several decades? Like, has this really opened our eyes, critical race theory, looking at things through that lens to the inequities that have been kind of baked into the cake that is this country? I think in some spheres, absolutely it has. Thinking about schools, I think culturally responsive teaching, which has the same acronym of of CRT, um, is what has opened our eyes more broadly to racial inequity. And and in talking about culturally responsive teaching, that came about in in the 90s and is a way of teachers to think about affirming their students' racial and ethnic backgrounds um, of not being quote unquote colorblind and assuming everybody has the same experience regardless of the color of their skin, but understanding that 
people have different experiences because of the color of their skin. And I think broadly, things like culturally responsive teaching and social justice in education have have had a much larger effect on how we think about race and talk about race than what was a relatively obscure academic construct has had. And so I think um, academically, in terms of policy, yes, critical race theory has had an effect. In terms of our everyday experiences, talking about race and racism, I think there we need to look to the you know movement towards social justice and culturally responsive teaching. And kind of backing away just from critical race theory to the overall kind of difficult conversation that we're kind of in the mid- middle of uh, right now when it comes to racism, systemic racism. Do you feel like we're overall making progress? I mean, it's, I think a lot of people's eyes have been opened over the last year, year and a half in ways, and I mean good, you know, people of good faith who just maybe took things for granted, didn't understand things. Do you feel like we're making progress? Cautiously, yes. Um, I think that the more we as a society talk about things that are hard for us, the better off we are, right? The conversations that we've been having over the past year or so have been emotional and fraught and difficult and um, and ongoing. But I think the fact that we're having them is a really, really positive sign. And just like I, you know, was speaking about this younger generation and their inclusivity, you know, and the fact that there is a very vocal minority who is pushing against being more inclusive. Um, I think we're seeing the same thing uh, perhaps across our country now where we have more people who are aware of the concept of anti-racism, are thinking about systemic forms of racism and oppression that are and have always been a part of our country and our systems and are working towards a greater understanding and thinking about how they might start to take action to to create equity. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.